Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Hello, everyone. It's that time for the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, where we answer questions about technology, explain the way they should work, and why they don't sometimes. And now here's your host, John C. Morley. Welcome, everyone, to another Jay Moore Tech Talk show with my trusty co-host here, Marcus Hart, right over here to my, my side. And um, we have a good show here tonight. Um, you know, a lot of things have been coming up in the news. And uh, one thing particular that's been coming up, have you followed, Marcus, what's been happening with Zoom? Did you hear what happened this week? at, um, I think it was like around 12 o'clock, just the other day? Yeah, it's funny that we're on Zoom and we're talking about Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so hopefully they're okay now. Well, they had a big challenge. Um, they, the meeting um, and webinar services were supposed to restore around 12, 14. I think it was like 10 o'clock in the morning um, that they had a problem. And basically all learning educational facilities and corporate trainings kind of halted. They took like an unprecedented holiday with no pay, no pay. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And their spokesperson says, and I quote, we're continuing to quote unquote, monitor the situation. Thank you all for your patience, close quote. I don't know. It just, it just, it just makes you wonder, you know, what, what's going on. And the thing I want to say about this, Marcus, is that, you know, schools are trying to reopen again, right? Right. And um, they still don't have it really, I don't know, figured out to how yeah, students are going to return to school and whether some people are going to be, I don't know, maybe there for two days and three days at home. They, they really just don't seem to have a plan for what to do. And I feel like when people go on Zoom, it's like a romper room. You know, like they, uh, they, they, they don't know what to do, but uh, hopefully they're going to, they're going to get the, um, get the hang of it. And more people are going to understand that it's not a playground because the kids just think if they can log in, well, then they're learning, but that's really a disservice to them. Exactly. Because they, they're, they're counting the hours just because they're logged in, but they're not doing anything. They're just showing on camera. And some of them are not even on camera. They're just logged in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very easy just to show your face and be visible and not be engaged. Exactly. That's the key, uh, Marcus, engaged. But speaking of engaged, uh, I want to give a special shout out to uh, a new host of ours. So we have we have a new uh, understand we have a new um, uh, new network that just picked us up uh, just the other day. So oh, yeah. a big big <laughs> shout out to uh, the iHeart uh, network for uh, picking us up. Thank you very much. And of course, all our other networks are really appreciated. But I know we were waiting a while for iHeart, so we really thank you. And yeah. we welcome our new um, uh, uh, subscribers on that channel. And uh, we have a lot of great stuff on this channel. Um, we do a lot of great things. We talk about technology. We talk about why things work the way they're supposed to and help you fix them when they don't work the way they're supposed to. Uh, we have some fun. Um, in case you guys are run, you're wondering, we're probably just around 5,000 uh, viewers right now. And we had said when we reach 10,000, we're actually going to um, be taking calls live. 
But before that, we are going to have some contests on the air. So if you have uh, questions or comments, of course, you can uh, you know, reach out to us and, uh, and let us know. But of course, in the chat, you can, uh, which Marcus is, is moderating, we'll be happy to give you a shout out on the air. Or if you have a comment about something, you know, definitely let us know. I mean, we want you to be engaged. I guess that's the question. So um, on other topics that are really important, uh, Apple. Did you hear what's new with Apple, Marcus? Yeah, so they got a surprise leak of the new release. That's exactly That should be what... interesting. Yeah, and it's funny because they tried to cover this up, Marcus, and say that it really wasn't true. But then when they started having pictures about it and, you know, these other networks seemed to find it, uh, they really couldn't deny it. But they're, they're saying that may not be the product. But what we're learning is that this new product is going to be uh, similar. It's going to have the new, you know, 5G that's actually going to work properly. And something else about it is they're saying that they want to make a phone now that has no ports on it. No charging ports, no any ports. They're not going to be interesting. Yeah, so I wonder what that's going to be like, John. You know, what are they trying to accomplish with that? You know, I think what they're trying to do, Marcus, is they're trying to, you know, get us away from wires and, uh, yeah. you know, believing that if we don't have wires, maybe our world won't be complicated. But I got to be honest with you. Sometimes when you don't have wires, it's more complicated than with wires. I yeah. mean, with wires, you can break your neck. But when you don't have wires, you can have a real disaster because things may not be configured properly. I mean, there's a lot that has to go into setting up a wireless network or even setting up any wireless communication. So they're trying to allow phones to communicate, obviously, through Bluetooth, which they're doing now, to send data. But they're also trying to set up the ability so that the phone can charge wirelessly, which is no surprise. Yeah. Uh, phones were charging wirelessly for a very, very long time. But the interesting point that I think is that there's a company, uh, which many of you may or may not be familiar with, and uh, the company basically, uh, Apple had said they're going to cancel in March their air power. Mm. And uh, they cancel the air power, which is the way basically Apple's proprietary charging system without you having to touch it. You basically have the device sitting on a, like a coaster or a little area and it charges it magnetically. Well, here's a funny thing, uh, Marcus. In August, okay, another leak <laughs> hit the market. Well, they showed a picture, right, of this new uh, air power type surface on social networks that is depicting a multi-coil design that is going to be able to uh, charge an iPhone and Apple Watch much faster than they ever did before. So there's actually a circuit board with chips that uh, it basically has uh, the brains of the vice so that, uh, you know, whether the photo is going to be accurate right now may not be exactly true. But I mean, we do know that it's going to be more of a coil system and that it's going to be able to handle charging. The biggest char issue was the rings. And yeah. the thing was basically getting, was overheating because the coils were not proper. It was just, it was, the dissipation was not correct. And so now I guess Apple is trying to dive back, but it's not Apple that's doing it. It's air power. So it looks like this new device, um, you know, um, they were saying that it's supposed to be out, but in June, uh, basically of, of 2020, uh, Apple still had issues with the uh, Apple Watch charging and uh, 
they shared a prototype of the new C68 internally. And the charger is supposed to be equipped with the A11 chipset, and it's going to reduce the number of coils. So like I said, it'll be less heat, uh, and it's going to have a better resonance, magnetic resonance, because that's how it charges, and compared to the original Air Power. So I guess it's going to be like the Air Power Plus or something. They really didn't give it a name. Uh, I'm sure it's going to cost a little more money. And the question I have is, is it really going to work? Yeah, that's. I mean, is it going to work question. or is it just going to frustrate people? Yeah, I mean, it seems seems like they are listening to their customers, but they didn't really think it all the way through. It may be rushing it a bit. Yeah, I think Apple a lot of time is like Microsoft. You know, they they you remember how they always had their uh, Microsoft would always have their. Um, their patch, they would have their, their update Tuesday and then their patch Thursday all the time. <laughs> so it's like they're always in a rush to get something out there. And um, I don't know. I mean, it looks very sleek, the new design, and you can set your phone on it. You can have your watch on it, and uh, it'll charge, they say, supposedly quickly. But until I get one of these in my hand and actually unbox and play with it, I, I really don't believe what anybody's telling me, just to be honest with you. I just, I, I, I'm one of these people, Marcus, you know, by now I got to see it myself. I, exactly. I really can't believe what a, a bunch of, or a million websites are saying until I actually experience it and, and see what it's going to be like. So they're going to have that new iPhone out, which is going to have no port on it, supposedly. And uh, so you're not going to be able to use a charger anymore. You're going to have to use this technology. So my question then is, Marcus, if they're going to do that, are they going to include the wireless, some wireless charger in the box? Or are they now going to make people go buy an extra air charger? Or are they going to jack up the price another 50 or 100 bucks because they got to bundle that technology in there, right? What do you think? It seems to me that, like, this is another easy way to just jack up the price. Exactly. <laughs> and it's probably going to frustrate hundreds of users, if not thousands of users, because it's not going to work right out of the box. We already know that when you use wireless charging, it's probably three times slower than regular charging. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, I mean... Especially if they haven't perfected yet. Yeah. And, and then, you know, you have all these knockoffs. Some other countries trying to make these knockoff brands. And I don't know. It's like, you know, you, you get a TV from one country, and then you get all these knockoffs for that brand. And it's funny. The knockoffs seem to work better than the original product. And then that's what blows my mind away. And they're a third and a lot price. What's that? And a lot cheaper. And a lot cheaper. I mean, I remember the first wireless uh, charger I bought for my phone. I think it was, I don't know, to the tune of over 100 some bucks. Now you can buy a wireless charger for maybe just around 20 to 30 bucks. Oh, yeah. With a solar pack on it. Yep. I remember getting my first one in New York. I went to New York, a quick, quick true story. I had my phone, but I didn't have my charger with me. And uh, I had no way to charge the phone. I said, oh, what am I going to do? Let me go to one of those quick stores and go buy something. And then go sit on the curb and have my phone charge the pack and then use that to charge my phone. Because you can charge it both ways. So yeah. uh, I actually had mine for several years. It actually works. It's not fast, though. That's the thing. It's not fast. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I don't know. That's just like the, the, the caveat. People saying, gee, we should get rid of our house phones. And I'm one that doesn't want to get rid of my house phone. I, I, think, yeah. that the, I think the wireless phones are good. But do you really want that? Uh, I don't know, that technology of that wireless wave, which is probably not good, to our, good for our health, to be on your ears all the time or, or next to your, your personal organs. I mean, do you really want that? 
So I think cell phones are good, but I don't like the fact of having somebody talking on a cell phone like nine to five. I just think you need your home phone. I know people are doing it to save money, but I think it's not a great idea. Yeah, you definitely hitting the right points, John, and you you right on track. And um, I think you speak in a lot of the customers and consumers' language out there. And I, and I think and I think that's important. I, I appreciate that. You know, when when we talk about these different devices, and we talk about you know people fighting back, right? That's that's really what it's about. But my question to you is. We talk about fighting back. Um, it's usually the consumers that are fighting back, isn't it? It's not mm -hmm. usually the manufacturers. Absolutely. Well, I got an interesting story for you. Here's a story where a manufacturer is fighting back. You all know mm. Tesla, right? Yeah. Well, Tesla's uh, a car that costs a few extra shekels, right? Yep. <laughs> a little more than, than the regular luxury car. Mm -hmm. And um, it has some nice features on it, like uh, you know, you you walk up to it and you you come up to it with your hand, and the and the the handle appears when you get close to it. Um, you know, uh, the glove uh, glove box can be locked, uh, but there is no real dashboard. The dashboard's like a computer. Yeah. So you know, these cars don't run on gas, do they? They run on electricity, no. <laughs> which seems great, but somebody has to pay for that electricity, right? Yeah. And when you have electricity, I think the big issue becomes how, you know, how do you harness more electricity to be able to run faster, right? Well, a group of people um, became pretty clever, a third-party company <laughs> called Ingenix, Ingenix, I-N-G-E-N-I-X. Well, Ingenix um, released uh, a very interesting little software package. So the... Uh, the Tesla basically wanted to fight back against the owners trying to unlock this performance without Ooh. paying the proper price of, let's say, the $4,000 and maybe just paying the $2,000. <laughs> so there's already a 60 to 75 kilowatt hour battery pack on board. They figured, okay, we have it. Let's go use it. Now, Tesla says you shouldn't do this because if you do, it could be dangerous. Now, that's a, a real crock because the battery is already in the car. Yeah. And if you're charging the battery at the right capacity. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner in the right um, expectations, then nothing really should happen. So Ingenix released a software patch. That's what they call it. Mm -hmm. And this $2,000 thing that they have as an accelerated boost for the Model 3 dual motor. Tesla's saying, and I quote, that it can damage the car, but this is crazy because it's actually the same code that's in their acceleration booster. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I get that Tesla wants to make some money. But I got to tell you, Tesla, if you're selling a car, 
that's what, about $120,000, $150,000. Why don't you just charge a little more money at the onset? Don't try to nickel and dime people. I mean, you've already got one of the leading cars out there, right? Yeah. Don't do what all these other middle manufacturers are doing. You're not a middle manufacturer. You know, put what it's going to cost you for that extra piece of the car. If you want to get an extra 2000 put it in there. Don't make it that people got to buy it. I mean, I think that's just nonsense. Yeah, it's really silly. It's just another way to make an extra buck and, you know, find ways to just limit people from what they truly want. But we're seeing right here, Marcus, that people actually are doing something. They're actually becoming creative and they're realizing that that car is a computer and uh, they can get software. Now, they're warning that if you use the software, it could damage it. But when it's using the same code that the manufacturers use, mm -hmm. what are they saying? Yeah, uh, at that at that point, then <laughs> you know it's it's no different from taking your own computer and and taking it apart and and adding in a piece of uh, alien uh, technology to it. So. You know, right. what's the difference? Exactly. I mean, there are damages when you use a piece of technology. I want everybody to know this. For example, if you overclock a motherboard right, with the memory or something and you don't yeah. do it properly, you can blow out and damage and possibly burn out the motherboard or the memory chips. Uh, and, well, of course, it won't work. But, um, you know, when you do that, they always say, oh, you have to use this particular overclocker, which is nonsense. You just have to use a memory that's going to support whatever the specifications are. They always say, well, you have to use this memory because it's supported with this motherboard. That's a crock. I mean, I really, <laughs> I, I just, I can't believe how, you know, Microsoft even has their HCL test, their hardware compatibility list, right? And when something doesn't work right, what does Microsoft say? Well, it's not compatible. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's just a way of saying that somebody didn't pay Microsoft an extra twenty dollars or $50,000 to go run through a little routine and now they push up a message that says it's compatible. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I, yeah, I, I don't it like it when they try to nickel and dime people to death. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to spend the money or hard-earned money to go buy a Tesla, give them the freaking extra battery and the extra engine power. Okay. I mean, you know, I know copier companies that do the same BS. You buy a machine, an engine, I'm not going to mention any particular ones, but you buy a machine and let's just say the base machine, I don't know, goes for $60,000. And now you want something that goes twice the speed. Well, now they're going to charge you. Okay, it's the same engine. They're now going to charge you, I don't know, maybe an extra twenty dollars or $30,000 because they're going to put a software code in to unlock the engine. I don't know. I, I, I get that they want to make money, but I just think there's other ways they could make money. You know, I, I discovered that with one of my own piece of equipment that I have. Well, if you wanted to do... Uh, X more, then it's going to be $6,000 to buy a board. I don't know. I, I think that's just, I think it's just bad marketing. But unfortunately, people pay it because when they're the only ones, Marcus, that are doing it, right? They don't have a choice. And what I think what's opened Tesla up is that there is this third-party company. And there's a lot of third-party companies now that are going to probably develop software for Tesla. Right? I I think that's going to happen. I mean, uh, you know, we're already seeing that they, you know, like what was happening with the suits with uh, Apple and these other companies about the Apple Play and the Car Play. I mean, they're already starting to develop computer technology. I mean, your car is a computer for crying out loud. 
That's what right. it is. And the Tesla, there is like nothing in there but a computer. It's literally running software. So if your car is not running right, they actually don't tune up the engine. They actually go in and they tweak the software parameters. So who would ever think that when you go to a mechanic that they're going to spend 90% of the time on your computer and maybe 5% changing the oil or doing something else? <laughs> I mean, that, that just kind of uh, that, that kind of blows me away that, that something like that's happening. But another interesting story was, was uh, came across my desk the other day uh, was a Jeep. Yeah. And uh, did, you, did you read about this? Yeah, I saw this. Um, they have a 1500 W full suspension fat tire electric bike. Very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. It, lo it looks, I mean, it looks really hot looking. I mean, yeah. it's got a very thick uh, fulcrum in the front where, you know, it takes the, the top and comes all the way down to where you'd pedal. I mean, it looks, looks pretty attractive. It has the word Jeep yeah. on it. Uh, looks nice. It's a nice heavy bike. Uh, it has 1500 peak Watts and they say it can climb mountain trails like a billy goat. That's cool. <laughs> so, um, that's pretty neat. Um, yeah. this new e-bike, um, Jeep and his partners are now sharing new updates about the powerful new off-road fat, they call it the fat dot tire electric bicycle. So car companies have been jumping on this new e-bike bandwagon left and right, as you probably can imagine. And this e-bike, uh, the sales are actually skyrocketing on this. Um, the electric two-wheeler, I never thought I'd be saying that, an electric two-wheeler being more lucrative, Marcus, than a freaking automobile. So they buying them more than Jeeps? <laughs> I, I, I think so, from what they're saying. I mean... Uh, but I think the real surprise is how much power um, has Jeep really put into these fat tire bikes? Well, car companies have stuck with this cute little 250-watt hub motor, and uh, Jeep went in a different direction because there was something similar to this. Uh, and they adopted, listen to this, a 750-watt continuous rated 1,500-peak rated mid-drive motor. Wow. They call it the Bafang Ultra. That's pretty impressive. That, that's very impressive. So now I bet your question about you and I and about all of the listeners and viewers are probably asking everyone uh, before we get to the, the, the number one important question um, is uh, how much does this little puppy cost? <laughs> that's, that's definitely, you know, what people are rubbing their hands to find out. I know they want to know that. Well, the thing is this. Uh, so bikes went on sale in March, okay, at a price. But before I give you the price tag, other popular fat tire e-bikes, okay, were around, but they really didn't get a lot of traction. They started out under fifteen hundred bucks, fourteen ninety nine. Okay, they even had a lowered electric. They call it L E C T R I C X P e-bike for electric. They called it electric. That was under nine hundred bucks, eight ninety nine. So those seem pretty steep prices, don't they? Yeah. Okay. Brace, brace yourselves, everyone. If you want this new bike that we've just told you everything about and how it can climb hills like a billy goat, supposedly. I haven't actually rode one of these yet. It's going to set you back uh, $5,899 plus tax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about a used car there. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, I, I, I cannot believe 
what what they're saying. Now they say there's some coupon codes we can get a discount. I don't know how much. Uh, but they're saying with the new 160, 118 foot pound torque Bafang B A F A N G ultra motor, it makes this quick thing work so fast on any trail. And uh, it's getting people to really talk about it. But are people really going to want to buy this bike? I mean, would you spend this kind of money for a bike? I'm not on the trail that much. Me neither. <laughs> but I mean, I, I have my I have my Swin uh, off road bike. It's it's a it's a it's a thick dirt bike. But I don't think I'd want to spend that much for a bike. Two reasons. One, I um. I don't think that I would ride this that much. You know, I, I, I think this bike is almost going to be like a fad. You know what I mean? You buy it and it's, you know, those, uh, what do they call those jet skis? You buy them and then what do they do? They sit in your garage. Yeah. And they take up space. And you know the thing about these bikes, uh, about, the, about those, um, those uh, wave runners and jet skis, uh, you've actually got to get insurance for them. Mm. Now, I'm wondering something. I'm really wondering something, Marcus. I wonder, do you have to um, get insurance for an e-bike, for a motorbike? And I think the answer to that is probably going to be yes, because uh, if I remember insurance a while back, said anything like boats it over so many feet or anything that has a motor on it requires insurance. Mm -hmm. So now you're going to be set back that, and I'm sure that insurance bill is not going to be a hundred bucks. No, it's Usually not. They, they, I mean, if I had to guess, I don't know, I'm not an insurance broker or, or a carrier, but if I had to guess a $8,000 bike, you know, if I, let's say a, a $20,000, $50,000 car, you probably pay somewhere $1,500 a year, a little less for insurance, right? right. I got to guess you're probably going to pay at least three to $600 a year for the insurance on this puppy. Mm -hmm. And I don't know... The other thing I'm not really sure, Marcus, they don't talk about it, is I wonder what the safety is going to be like. Mm, that's very interesting. That, that's, yeah. that's a, I think that's something that I'm more concerned about. Forget the money. I, I want to know what kind of tests it's gone through. And uh, I, I just got in, a, I got in a ping from somebody, and they said, well, gee, John, you know, uh, about the, the Tesla, and I thank you for the, the comment, uh, you know, how does it that we know that Tesla is fighting back? Well, that's a very, very good question indeed. How did Tesla suddenly, what's Tesla doing to fight back? We mentioned that they're fighting back, but how are they fighting back? Well, it's really simple. It's a computer. So when you install this unapproved, unauthorized <laughs> patch uh, update to your system, you're going to get uh, on the computer screen a notification that's going to pop up with a little red uh, hazard mark. And it's going to say incompatible vehicle modification detected, potential <laughs> risk of damage or shutdown. Wow. Yeah. And then it says uh, that uh, if that's not enough to, to motivate you, you could get another notification saying unable to drive, need a service appointment. So they, they, they really use scare tactics. And incompatible vehicle modification detected, and it flashes right at the charging section. So I think what they're doing is they're trying to fear people with the incompatible vehicle modification. But I suspect, uh, I don't have a Tesla yet, but I suspect that it's probably going to get more 
progressively worse if you don't respond. So maybe if you don't do something in so many months, then they're probably going to tell you you need a service appointment, and then they're probably going to charge you some fortune to redo the software. Mm-hmm. I know that if I if I buy a Tesla, I know that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to cheap out and do that because you know that kind of car that, that's like you know you you buy a certain kind of camera or a certain kind of printer and you want to print photos. You actually don't buy cheap paper, right? You buy the yeah. best paper you can buy. So as much as I don't want to spend the four thousand dollars, I either would not spend it and keep it the way it is. But if I'm going to make that, I'm not a speedy driver. Uh, I do the speed limit, maybe go a little bit, stay within that margin. But, you know, I think the people trying to harness this power is something. But from what I'm learning about it, this is really just to harness the power of it. Mm -hmm. This is to unlock, uh, Marcus, the performance. But I think what's going to be interesting is, are they going to now have different patches out that are going to regulate the battery charge? So is there anything else? Like what else? We don't know. What else could, what else are they blocking us from? Are, are they blocking us from, uh, you know, like if the vehicle has this and maybe you need an extra whatever, are they blocking us from getting to that potential? But right now they're claiming that they have a safety net in there and that's why they're not getting you there. But again, we said the same codes are being utilized. So we know that that's all nonsense, yeah. right? And I don't know if you know this, but you actually could damage a monitor with software. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. You could burn a monitor out. It's not so popular now. You could send certain codes to your monitor and you could cause it. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner to go at a high enough rate and you could damage it. Now, the new ones, not so much, but the older ones were. And you could have it operating above its grid and you could have that monitor basically blow out. Wow. So, uh, again, the newer ones are a little more intelligent. Um, the most things most people would do is burn their monitor out because they don't have a screensaver on. But it usually takes about 10, 12, 20 hours before the monitor gets a burn in. Uh, on LED, it's a little bit different. So I don't know. I, I think the car revolution is going to change. And I think as we start to see that Tesla's probably not going to be the only one that's going to do this. So I want to know that if there's other features on the car, like let's just say you buy the Tesla and I don't know, maybe you don't want to spend the extra, I don't know, $3,000 for the GPS system because now Tesla decides that it's going to be $3,000 extra. You know, And why did they do this? Are they going to lower the base price of the car and then play these little jerk around games. I mean, maybe I think that's what they want to do. They want to say, well, gee, well, you can get a Tesla for only 60000 or 50000 Oh, but it doesn't come with GPS. <laughs> oh, and did we mention it yeah. doesn't come with the tow hitch? That's an additional, like, 2000 module. Oh, and did we mention that if you wanted to have the XM radio, you have it. But if you want to access it, it's $500 to activate that connection to the computer. I mean, they could get ridiculous, right? Yeah, they can get very They very can get creative. very ridiculous. Everything in there is controlled. I mean, even uh, the one time I drove a Tesla, 
you actually have the control panel and you can lock the control panel. So when you put it in valet mode, it locks everything down. The phone is locked. The, the dashboard is locked. And that thing is useless. It can just drive. So I don't know. I, I think it's a marketing tactic. But I always hate the game, Marcus. When people tell you there's a price tag, I get when things are on sale. But I hate if something's like, I don't know, let's say it's going to be $5,000. And there's like, well, now if you sign up now, it's normally $5,000 a piece. But if you sign up now, it's only going to be sixteen. It's only going to be thirty nine hundred. But if you sign up today, it's only going to be eighteen ninety five. And we're going to—I mean—they try to make this value of this high thing so great, but they're really devaluing it by telling you now that it's worth ten dollars or twenty dollars or thirty dollars. Because, I mean, where are they getting that value from anyway? I mean, who's coming up with that price tag? Right? I mean, yeah. Sometimes it's like you wonder. If it's just one person at the top and they just, you know, dictating all these things. Yes. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I think sometimes I'm guess maybe their sales are down. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel that maybe they think this is a way to how can I say to get money quickly. But I think what you're gonna do is you're gonna piss people off. Right. You know, you're gonna piss people off. And if you make something more inconvenient for somebody, I think people are going to stop buying from you, even if you're cheaper than somebody, right? Mm -hmm. If you're cheaper than somebody and you become, you know, more, I don't want to say inconvenient because you just don't think of certain things and your competitor does, who are they going to do business with? They had a business there. Right, wouldn't you spend a couple extra dollars if something was a little more convenient? I'm not talking like double, I'm talking a little money. But now, if that inconvenience, you know, was to make it more convenient by doing it this way, you probably would spend that extra, that extra couple hundred dollars, right? I guess, depending on what it is and what you're pricing. But I don't know, I just just laugh sometimes about how these people price things, Mark, because I don't know where they get their price tags from or, or how they, how do they get a value on something? Right. I mean, yeah. when, when you think of something like even think of like an iPhone, how does an iPhone get a value of fifteen hundred dollars? Where do they get that value from? We know that phone doesn't cost them more than five bucks to make, probably. Yeah, I don't know who they're targeting, um, but the people who they are supposedly targeting don't have that type of money. Yeah, I, I mean, I think what they're trying to do. And sometimes they do this, like if you're selling a helicopter or something like that, they only wanted to sell it to people that are making a million or more. And, and I understand that. But it also means that you can't, you have to sell, um, you can sell less helicopters, but you have to sell the price tag a lot lower. If you yeah. sell that helicopter for 40000 or $8,000, well, you got to sell a lot more helicopters. So they figure, well, they just nail the people that need it, like the first class planes, and they know people are going to buy it. Yeah. Right. They just they just kind of and, and I guess it's just you know for everyone else you know uh, spend your life savings trying to copy the people at the top who's buying it first. Yeah, it, it it's really got an interesting I don't know it's got anything thing. But other thing I want to just bring up uh, we were talking about Microsoft before and I wanted to let you guys know that Microsoft actually uh, they had added six months support uh, to Windows ten uh, so that was something that happened uh in on in may actually may 11th so uh, may 
uh, June, July, August, October, November. So it looks like they're going to be supporting 10. Uh, this is going to support OS 10. Uh, that's for patch 1803. So if you don't have 18, uh, if, you, if you are on 1803, uh, my recommendation would be to upgrade to the new level. And if you don't do that, well, you basically have till the end of the year. And uh, you know, everybody always asks me, Marcus, you know, why should I bother upgrading something? I mean, well, what's the point? Why do I need to upgrade something if, if it's working fine? What do you think? Uh, you know, I'm always leery at first initially, but, you know, after a week pass, then I do it. I heard you want to say that. <laughs> well, that's like the iPhone, right? I mean, yeah. you know, they come up with a patch and then the next day, oh, that didn't work. Oh, no, but we have a patch for that. Well, it took 10 minutes to install or five minutes to install. And now it's like, but now you set your phone on auto install and it does it in the middle of the night. And whether you want or not, so in a lot of times you just set on auto. I mean, the thing of it is that I just feel that they're just not taking their time with things. Yeah. And I guess that's because, you know, they're trying to release new things. But the new, so the new feature of Windows 10 2004 is out and you want to download it. It has some security enhancements and, and things like that. But I don't know. I, I just feel that sometimes there's a pressure to do something. And, you know, when you have this pressure to do something, I just think it becomes, it becomes a problem. Incidentally, um, the new uh, Firefox uh, upgrade is out, Firefox 80. Um, it, uh, it's supposed to have some new features. It's not, really, it's not really a big, big difference. It's supposed to be a little faster. It's supposed to have some patches for some Windows 10 security uh, vulnerability. So it's supposed to have that. Um, it's supposed to handle some issues with sites where it always had those little messages saying, you know, oh, I'm sorry, we're embarrassed about this situation. So they're trying to make things, uh, you know, a little better. Um, Apple is trying to make uh, maps uh, becoming business critical. It's funny how they just keep dominating into these other industries. And uh, I don't know. The other thing I, I'm noticing is that more and more people, as we're in COVID, they're very concerned about touchless technology because, you know, like we were saying before, the phone is probably the dirtiest thing we have on us, right? Right. Has the most, uh, has the most uh, uh, bacteria on it, et cetera. And um, I don't know. So everybody wants to use these touchless technology, but you know what I'm finding? All the touchless technology go places. It doesn't work. Yeah. It's supposed to. Uh, but but it never works, and uh, people just seem to get more frustrated. I know the real interesting thing, if you ever go to one of these superstores, they have a sign now up there. It says, uh, we uh, due to COVID, we have a coin shortage. Yeah, I so, see a lot of those. So what am I supposed to do? Like, well, please pay cash or use exact change. So, I, I mean... Everything's like getting affected. Have you noticed more things getting affected, Marcus? What else have you noticed uh, changing in COVID now? Any, any new differences by you? Yeah, I'm actually uh, actually seeing a lot of more um, uh, self-pay uh, kiosks in, in a lot of local stores that I didn't see before. You know, so so some of those self-checkouts. Checkout, that's pretty interesting. And how do you, do you think? Do you think the public's responding well to? It? Do you think they're they're annoyed to it? Or do you think they're just kind of just accepting it? Uh, you, you know, you get a mixed crowd, you know, you get people who are okay, whatever. And then you get people like, come on, can I just do it the normal way? <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I, I think some people, you know, they understand it and they try to adopt to it, but for whatever reason, they just, uh, I don't know, they, they, they just don't want to, um, they just don't want to embrace it. I mean, they know it's probably something they should do. Uh, another interesting one, I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, what was it, uh, uh, the Alexa, Alexa, Alexa voice. Yeah. And, uh, well, I was um, hearing something recently about this where, you know, they're always trying to sell you these programs where you can get into the voice system where you could say your company's name and it'll find you and stuff. Well, I know one company that, that went into that and uh, got a discount and all this stuff and they waived all these things. And over a month went by and they couldn't get their service working. Mm. So this is what I mean. They, they, they have this technology out there and they pitch it. Don't pitch the freaking stuff if it doesn't work. I mean, if you send something through the U.S. mail and it's not proper, that's considered mail fraud. If you put something on the Internet and it's not proper, well, there's no Internet fraud on that. Right. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it, if, if, we, if we had the same rules that we do for the U.S. mail. So if somebody makes a claim online, uh, let's say that they – I don't want to say much of a claim, but somebody states something as fact or they say something about something that they believe is fact or something, not so much about a product, but maybe something um, that they do or don't do. And if that's not true, then there's no internet police coming after them, right? It's like, it's like a free world, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, mean I don't know if, if we ever could regulate the internet. I know that's kind of difficult. But, I mean, it would be kind of neat. I mean, you see people with them spamming with emails and all types of things. And um, I don't know. I, I just feel like the Internet just gets out of control sometimes. Yeah. I, but I uh, the last topic I want to conclude on, I know we're, we're almost out of time here tonight. I don't know where our time goes. Virtual reality. So uh, virtual reality is when um, you basically take uh, the world, okay, and um, you basically put that world into, um, let's say, another world. So, for example, if you were to take uh, the world right now as we know it, like a certain situation, maybe uh, uh, your home or your business, and you take that scenario and you put that into another environment, computer, etc. And now you basically have... Um, the ability to move around and animate in that environment as if it really is. So VR headsets have been around, as we know, for years, and they still have issues to making them mainstream. There's lots of issues, but games are getting better. Um, there's nobody really that's standing out in the middle, or, or I'd say at the top even, but newer and improved versions of these types of technologies are coming out. You know what they're going to start to cost? Are they going to get lower? <laughs> that's the whole thing. well that's how that you know bill gates once said that if we yeah. produced cars as efficiently as we produce computers i think uh, um cars should be costing us about a couple bucks yeah about five bucks but that's not the case with this the the new um with the holo lenses is going to start setting you back around thirty five hundred dollars Wow. So you heard me say virtual reality, and then we have augmented reality. So what the heck is the difference? Well, very good question. Virtual reality is when we take the reality and we put that into an environment, okay?
okay? Augmented reality is when we take something else that we synthesize and marry that with the other reality. So, for example, let's just say you had uh, a, a game, and maybe you had a, your street, and you had a bunch of stores. That'd be virtual reality, how you navigate around. Augmented reality may be what if I actually put in maybe like something that's synthesized, like a, um, a creature or people that don't really exist. They're generated. They're not actually from the environment. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So virtual reality and augmented reality is going to come back, um, you know, it, but I think the price tag has got to come down a little bit. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtowns Healthcare in Denver. Downtowns Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtowns Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of ideas, and the latest and greatest thing, beside you know having one of the latest gaming systems, is to have a virtual reality system so that you can you know get involved but they're going to have to be able to handle not just touch, like the old senses. They're going to have to know positioning. So there's a lot they're going to have to do. And this gets me to a very interesting thought that I'm ending on. Um, you know, we're all grateful every day, aren't we, that we have our senses, that we can eat, we can, draw, uh, we, we can smell, we can see, we can hear, we can touch, we can feel. Um, but there's a lot of people out there, Marcus, unfortunately, that don't have all their senses. Yes. Maybe they can't touch. Maybe they can't taste. Maybe they can't hear. Maybe they can't see. So I was interested, and you know, I'm always researching things. How does a blind person see? I really wanted to know the answer to this. And um, it's not just with a stick. The blind person actually is able to generate images. Mm. Now they do that. How's that, John? So like I was talking about reality, they, they get a, a very acute sound in their ear. Yes. And they use, I can't do it. They take their tongue and they, I can't do it. They click their tongue. And it basically reverberates the sound of different objects and allows them to get a picture in their mind. Mm. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. I, I learned that just last week and I was like, so I don't know whether it happens immediately, but people that are born blind have the gift right away. Other people may have to develop it, but when you lose a sense, um, you know, the nature basically makes the other sense enhanced. Right. So there are people out there that teach others how to do this. So you basically, if you're not blind, you can't do it. But mm-hmm. the way you click your tongue, it causes a resonance to bank. So you can kind of see objects and shit. I don't know if it's color or not, but I think it just gives like a shape. Uh, very similar to if you think like a Roomba, like a vacuum, the way it uses light to, you know, kind of scan with like a sound. Well, this doesn't use light. This uses a sound to click back. Right. And some robots can actually see by sound, by using sound waves. So I think it's very similar to that. And I know that when a robot does it, it doesn't get color, but it gets a grid. Okay. Mm-hmm. It gets like it really gets like points is what it gets. And then software takes those points and puts it into, let's say something a little more elaborate. And now whenever something gets close to that spot again, those spots are marked off so that when the robot is at that position, the robot knows its current position where it is. And whenever something gets mapped on that, 
it automatically knows, well, that's how it knows when it's going to hit a wall. So this way I can, oh, if I go this way. So it kind of learns the map of your house. That's why many robots a while ago when they did vacuuming, they kept running out of power because they couldn't really figure out where the heck the walls were. You had to set up these devices and they had to like be walls so that it could kind of learn where not to go. Now you don't really need to do that anymore. Um, there was one vacuum I, I had, I still have it. It's, it's not a room, it was a different vacuum. And uh, it actually has a sensor in it. And the sensor scans the room. Mm. And it can tell what the geographic representation of everything is. Again, not the color, but right. it knows where stairs are. It knows just by how the light and everything bounces off. I thought that was wild. Well, that technology alone had my vacuum doing my place in about half the time. And that's because it didn't get lost. Um, it knew its way back home to get charged if it ever had to, but it would always vacuum on a single charge. And it would wow. never have to run out. The other vacuums either would get stuck, they can't find their way back home. Um, there's a great robot called Marty. I'm not sure if you ever heard of Marty. So Marty, uh, Marty is a robot that I believe it's um, ShopRite uses. Okay, uh, or actually, it was a ShopRite. Uh, stop, no, stop, stop and shop, stop and shop. And Marty is a robot, basically a maybe a I'm going to say maybe about a six, five, six uh, foot pole kind of thing, like a square. Has a little some eyes and some cameras, some lights. And what Marty does is he moves around the store. And they always tell people, you know, don't touch Marty. Marty won't hurt you, but, you know, just don't get in Marty's way. So do you know what Marty does? What he does, sir? That's what I wanted to know, right? <laughs> Marty, he doesn't talk to anybody. Well, he does. He tells people to get out of the way. He's like, okay. guys, like, you know, please step back. I'm working or something like that. He scans all the aisles for security. Wow. Now, what he does is he keeps an eye on things that are a mess. Like if there's a spill or something. And when he detects it, he automatically calls it in and says, clean up in aisle three. And he, and he sends a message, and it automatically announces over the store's PA system. Wow. So he dispatches, and he runs the whole store, and he just kind of keeps an eye an eye of what's going on. He just kind of just watches things. Isn't that neat? Yeah, that's very And I've only seen one store ever of, uh, of Stop and Shop uh, uh, to have this technology. And uh, I'm not sure how long it's been out, but but it basically he's called Marty Marty the robot. Um, and um, I mean, I was I was amazed because I was like, you know, what 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 does he actually do? Uh, Marty, if you wanted how much Marty costs, right? How much do you think Marty costs? Marty's probably around twenty 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 thousand. <laughs> you're not you're not too far off. Okay. Add a little more to that, thirty five thousand. So wow. each robot yeah. weighs 140 pounds. It costs, they say, a whopping 35,000. And all the robots are named Marty. <laughs> um, it has a tall tower, which is exactly five foot three inches. And uh, he has, a, they say, a cute pair of googly eyes. Uh, and, and what he's doing, this is the thing that's interesting about Marty. So he is the beginning or the end of our future. He, um, he basically, he watches shoppers uh, and um, 
he basically he's in all kinds of stores and again not everybody has has gone on the track to want to buy him yet but he walks around and he just kind of keeps an eye on things and uh the whole thing you know marty they say does a whole lot of nothing he's advertised as an aisle sweeping superhero but it's simply a messenger that shouts out a problem like i told you for a more uh capable human being so he does sweep the store okay but really what you're getting is a very low-end vacuum cleaner <laughs> and you're getting the ability for him to notify a pa system that he's found a problem in aisle such and such now i don't know about you but do you think thirty-five thousand dollars? i mean the one of the best vacuums you can buy are not thirty-five thousand dollars so thirty-five thousand dollars gets you a cheap quality vacuum cleaner cute guy going around the store that can talk and tell people to get out of their way because he has sensors. And he connects to a PA system and, and sends a pre-recorded message. He has probably pre-recorded messages for each aisle. And he communicates what they are. A spill in pharmacy. You know, so he doesn't tell you about stock levels. So they originally were saying that he was going to watch for shoplifting. He can't do that. He is just a friendly robot to kind of sweep up minor, minor messes. Yeah. But he's there to get other people to help. And I think really what Marty's about, to be honest with you, I think he's a branding. Yeah, I, don't think I, think he's, so. I don't think Marty does a lot. I think Marty yeah. is a store attraction. Yeah. You remember Fubi? That's my last point. You remember Fubi not too long ago? Well, Fubi was on Silver's booms uh and that was a a show of this kid that got adopted by this very wealthy uh uh billionaire who owned a toy company and he's the adult that never grew up he had trains in his house and all kinds of stuff and he had everything for ricky and ricky would always get in trouble but the point is is that on one of his birthdays he brought fubi in fubi was a robot and fubi was a robot i think fubi was probably close to about fifty to sixty thousand dollars Fubi was a little bit less than the size of a car. He moved around. He could talk to you and engage. So they talked to you. Hey, Marcus, great to see you back again. How was your lunch? And he'd remember little things about you. Hey, you didn't get a coloring book. Let me get you on. Go. So he'd he remember a little bit about you. But that's a lot of money for a robot. And he engaged kids. So he could print out coloring books. He could print out funny money. But again, he was a store attraction. So I think things like this are good, but I think we have to be careful, Marcus, that we don't rely on this technology to replace human beings. Right. Yeah, and that, that's, that's a real good message to leave out all and just to help us remember the importance of human engagement and investment in human relationships. A absolutely. When we... We invest not just our time or invest our money into people. Uh, they're going to pay back. It's just that you got to have a little patience with people and you got to realize that especially new people, new employees, you know, they're all, they're all frustrated. They're all stressed. And, um, you know, they all want to do the right thing. And I think what you have to realize is that sometimes being a boss or being a manager it can be a little daunting because, you know, you want everything done now and you see the costs of things piling up. Sometimes you just have to step back a little bit and realize that it's going to get done and everything's going to be okay. Right. But 
I know that's easier said than done, but you really have to do that because when you put more stress on somebody and you don't try to invest in them or teach them, they get frustrated. Sometimes they want to quit. Sometimes they have poor performance, but usually the, the employee wants to leave because they just feel like there's a dead end. When, when you help somebody become better, they come to a job because they want to, not because they have to. And that's what I would say to people. You know, if you do what you like for a living, you'll never work any days of your life. That's a beautiful message, John. You know, you, I, I couldn't have said, said that better, better myself. So thank you so much for that, John. You're welcome. And if the viewers, of course, want to get in touch with us, remember, when we reach 10,000 viewers, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start taking calls right on the air. Uh, you'll be able to call in, ask your questions. We're not going to be able to cover, probably get to all of you, uh, but we are going to do that because we want to make this show even more engaging. If you have a product or you have a service that you would like me well, to unbox for you, more or less a product, and uh, or review, reach out to us at jmaward.com. There'll be a little button there that says reach out to us. On the menu, you can choose the donate a product for an unboxing. We'll unbox it. If we like your product, we'll even invite you on the show for a quick uh, topic. Incidentally, if you're an expert in your field, uh, maybe you have done something with technology, either with um, somebody, whether it's blind or whether it's other senses, something very unique, uh, and you've done something or you've helped an industry, reach out to us. Uh, we'd love to talk to you and see. We can't have everybody on the air. I mean, we pick people that are going to have a compelling, again, it's a non-sales message. It's a message that's going to educate people. So if you have a message like that uh, and you'd like to get it out to our 5,000 plus viewers, we would love to have you here. Uh, again, a shout out to iHeartRadio. We thank you for uh, joining us, the family, and we have a few more that will be joining us soon. And please tell your friends and your family and your colleagues to uh, stop by here every Friday. And if you can't make it because you're on a hot date or you're doing something else or maybe you're getting married, could be, uh, usually not on a Friday night, or, or maybe you're, you're going to temple, church, or what have you, then just drop by jmr.com, go to jmore shows under social, and click on the show because we usually publish it within 24 hours, and you'll get everything that we've done here. I hope you have a very happy, a very healthy and a safe weekend. And I can't wait, wait till next week till we're back on the air again. Bye, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Jay Moore Weekly Technology Show, where we answer your questions about how technology is supposed to work and sometimes why you have challenges getting it to work that way. For more IT support and tips, just text IT support to 888 That's IT support to 888 and you'll get tips on technology. I'll see you next week right here on the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. Remember, jmor.com. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown.